Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Pirelli Scorpion Weather Active. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is up, everybody? John Middlecoff, that would be myself. Three and Out Podcast, that would be what you are listening to. Welcome to the show, if anyone's new. Hello, hi again for those of you that have been listening uh, for a while. We're here. Super Bowl Sunday. Well, not really, because I'm recording this on a Thursday afternoon. And you might be listening on a Friday or Saturday, but the Super Bowl's here. The Chiefs. Given three points, as of the latest, according to my book, uh, bookie, literally my bookie, uh, is where I'm looking right now, minus three, and uh, big Super Bowl. We're going to dive into something, uh, I just, I watched the AFC Championship game. One thing you realize is football's coming to an end. I, one, I hate the month of February. Uh, there's nothing on. Like, I, I just, I'm not really that into the NBA right now. No baseball. Uh, I like golf, but there's no golf on during the week at night. There's nothing to watch. I'm like, what, what am I going to watch? And I, I fl- I'm flipping around channels. I've watched everything on Netflix and Amazon Prime, at least all the good stuff. Um, I, I'm not a big reader. Uh, I don't I don't love admitting to that. I wish I was a better reader. I've taken a lot of audio, a lot of audio books. I do read books. I just do it through my ears, through the audio book. And I watched a little bit of the uh, the AFC Championship game from 2018. And it got me thinking I'm going to hit on that over the top uh, on just some Mahomes-Brady stuff. They'll dive in a little bit to the game. I mean, everyone's doing, like, game breakdown. I just a couple of little thoughts I have uh, for the game. Ultimately, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Uh, Wentz on the block. Reports. Eagles are, I, I mean, I'm not a journalist getting the exact wording of the trade. I'm sure many of you have seen it. Uh, people are calling. Of course they are. 
uh, Deshaun Watson situation. I've been thinking a lot about it. I, I just don't know. Uh, if, if he gets traded, it's going to take a team that, that has some cojones because they'll be setting themselves back a little bit while they're also acquiring a big-time quarterback. You guys know the drill. If you listen through Colin's feed, if you could also subscribe to my feed, 3 and Out, and if you could, if you like the show, leave a review, 3 and Out Podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it. You guys know the drill. Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff, is the Instagram handle. Slide up into those direct messages and leave yourself a question. I have a, like 100 questions. We will bang some of those out uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the show. But I want to start with this. Watching the 2018 AFC Championship game, Obviously, I mean, that was the peak of the Patriots dynasty. They'd already won five Super Bowls. They would go on to beat the Rams and win their sixth. They were a powerhouse. Brady was an absolute legend. Belichick was also a legend. Their team was awesome. Their defense was really good. And I'm watching the AFC Championship game, a first-year starter. Now, he had just won the MVP, but as we all know, the playoffs are completely different. And we've seen Lamar won an MVP. Can't do anything in the playoffs. So, Mahomes gets to the playoffs. He faces... Belichick and Brady at home and in that game it was a war zone Belichick had got Patricia had left so his defensive coordinator was Brian Flores which we all agree dramatically better than Matt Patricia their defense was excellent I mean they would just go on to hold McVay and the Rams to three points in the Super Bowl and they were peppering let me repeat peppering Mahomes and I'm watching this game thinking god this guy was so ready to win a Super Bowl right then and he's staying in there. He brings the Chiefs back. He's making all these throws. Tony Romo is just in awe of what he's seeing. And I'm just thinking, God, if this guy was a stock, now we all knew it, but it's easy to say now, two years later, they won a Super Bowl. They're back in another. Of course, this guy was destined for superstardom. Sometimes that doesn't happen, right? You get to a championship game, it takes you a couple years to get back. This guy lived up to all the hype. Uh, he became a champion. He became easily probably the best player in the league. And it was just doing that against Belichick and Brady was so... I mean, obviously he doesn't play against Brady, but doing that against Belichick was so impressive. And the greatness of Tom, and we talked about earlier this week, what makes people great, the studies have been done, that it's not talent, it's not you know intellectual capacity, it's grit, it's toughness, right? And clearly Mahomes, I think an element of Mahomes' game... And with any great quarterback, we don't talk about enough. And we do with like defensive linemen and offensive linemen and tight ends and linebackers. It's like toughness, toughness, toughness. Sometimes with quarterbacks, you talk about arm strength, you know, understanding of the offense, ability to make the deep throws. Not enough about toughness. And he's staying in there. He's taking these hits. He's making these throws. It's like Patrick Mahomes' toughness is elite. But what really, and we talked about with Brady, what made him so special, he has the physical attributes. He had a great coach. Uh, his drive was incredible. His discipline was so elite. I mean, the second half of Brady's career, started eating avocado ice cream, didn't eat tomatoes, drinks all this water, does all this pliability, and he's still going at 43. And I saw Andy Reid say this week that, like, the crazy thing about Tom Brady now, that I think he told Coward this, I remember when we played him in the Super Bowl in, like, 04, 05, I see a very, very similar player. One guy was 25, the other guy's 43. Maybe my mask off, but you get what I'm saying. One guy was in his 20s, the other guy's in his mid 40s. Brady's discipline has allowed him just his. It just it's. How many people do you know that are truly, truly disciplined? Because I, I I sometimes struggle with discipline. Right? I, I claim I want to eat well, and then I order a cheeseburger and fries. Why? Because the cheeseburger and fries is good. And then maybe I'll you know have a you know bowl of ice cream. I'm not great with discipline. Now I get up consistently. I work hard. 
but I mean to be truly be disciplined. Everything in Brady's life, everything revolves around Sunday, revolves around getting to Sunday. Whether that's in March, getting ready in the offseason. Whether that's in August, getting ready for the season. Whether that's this week, on a Wednesday or Thursday. He said this week that his family, I don't know if he sent them away or they were naturally going away. I, my guess would be he told them to go away. Because during Corona, you know, the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were not going to stay in a hotel. In a normal year, even if Tampa was playing at home, the team would have stayed in a hotel all this week. But because that's not, you know, they all going home. Obviously, the Chiefs show up to the Super Bowl on Friday. Brady has had the entire house to himself, you know, for the last two weeks. And they're coming back, I think, on Saturday when he actually goes to the team hotel. Why do you think he did that? Discipline. He needs to focus. Biggest game of the year. He has two extra weeks. This is a defining, it's not really a defining game for him, but every Super Bowl means so much to the guy. Now, he plays in a lot of them. But it, it's, it truly is. Like, the admiration I have for the man, not just his, how great of a football player he is or how much winning he does. Honestly, the thing that I admire the most about him is his incredible discipline. And I say the same thing with Coach Reed, having lived around it. His ability, every single day, win or lose, whether the team is this good or whether he's coaching a five-win team with the Philadelphia Eagles, showing up every day at four or five in the morning and getting ready that, for that week's you know, game. His preparation is, I would say, I would imagine only like Belichick, hour for hour can hang. And it's why he's been a great coach in the league for so long. And it's why eventually, once he's got this all-time great player, he's kicking everyone's ass. His work ethic, his determination is unmatched. And as a, I think a lot of coaches, you know, the really good ones, have this incredible work ethic. They always look for that in their own player. And sometimes it's hard. Like Belichick and Brady were the ultimate match because they were like-minded that way. They were, as I say, obsessed with the sport of football. And when I say that, I don't mean just like talking about it or watching it. When you're a player or a coach, it means the stuff that goes into getting ready for the actual games. And the thing about football, unlike basketball or baseball, like in baseball, you just show up, take some BP, and then you play again. Then if you go over four, you just show up again, you play the next day. In basketball, if you have a 10-point game and you're a 30-point scorer, you got a game two nights later. And then maybe you got a back-to-back. You just keep shooting. In football, you got to wait a week. And the week between games is really hard. You have to get your body back right. You have to watch the film and make the corrections from the opponent you just played. Then you have to get the game plan from the coaches. Also, if you're a quarterback, you're watching the, the, the team you're playing before you even show up Wednesday. You're working Monday and Tuesday. Then you take that game plan, you work with the coaching staff to implement it over the next two or three days to get to like Friday afternoon to where you think you have a pretty good grasp, to then put it all in, like kind of crystallize it on Saturday, make some changes Saturday night, all for Sunday. Then you do it all over again. It's an incredible grind to every game. And the relentless drive of, obviously, coaches have it. Now, Andy's elite at it. But what Tom has, and I think like Peyton Manning and a rare amount of guys have had over the years, he's elite at it, Drew Brees. I don't think we talk about Mahomes like that. And I'm watching this game in 2018, when he's going toe-to-toe and blow-for-blow with Belichick and Flores sending these blitzes at him, him getting his ass kicked, he never flinched. Never once flinched, I went. I don't think we talk enough about this guy's toughness. Then I heard Veach on with Peter King telling this story is like, you know, everyone talks about the no-look passes and the touchdown passes and just how fun he is. And 
him scrambling and throwing deep bombs. He's like, Monday morning, after we had just won the AFC Championship game for the second year in a row, Veach is like, I show up to the office at 6 a.m., and I'm walking through the training room, and I look over. One guy is in the training room. He's getting work done on his foot. That's the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, with an iPad and a notebook in his hand. What do you think he was doing? To me, there's only two options. He was probably watching that film. Potentially, maybe he was watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Either way, his discipline, clearly he's got it. And Tom Brady, I think it's most of us just naturally say, what he has pulled off, and he's not done. I mean, whether he wins or loses this game, he's coming back next year. The team's going to be really good. He's going to be right back in the mix. His accolades are going to be very, very difficult, if not impossible, for any quarterback to match. And like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, some of the great quarterbacks in the league that are in their 30s, don't have a snowball's chance in hell to ever begin to catch him, right? The only guy who truly would even have a chance would be Mahomes. And I think most of us would say, even if you're a diehard Chiefs fan, if I go, well, he made his second Super Bowl, do you think he makes eight more? And you'd be like, listen, if you told me we make five more over the next decade and a half, that'd be pretty sweet. And I, in, in all truth, that would be, right? In all fairness to just how difficult the game is, if Mahomes were to make seven Super Bowls, and let's say win three or four, he, he, there's a chance he'd go down as the second-best quarterback of all time passing Montana behind Brady. But you'd go, if he wins this one, he's already got two. He's going to be the you know big-time favorite next year and for the foreseeable future. It's not crazy to think he'd get to four or five. Hell, six, right? Brady's got six. But for him to do it, his discipline has to be elite, right? And from what Veach is talking about, it already is. But we never talk about it. You know, I think we talk about it with the guys that can't move. Right, like how does Brady, how does Manning, how is Brees so good? We're like, well, they watch more film than anyone in the league. They spend more time preparing for the game. They outthink you. Clearly, Mahomes is doing that. Like Brett Favre, for example, went went to two Super Bowls but only won one. And I'd say when you look back at his career for how great he was, and he was a three-time, won three straight MVPs, you go, God, he was so good he probably should have won more. Or Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers is really only going to end up. He's going to win one Super Bowl, but he's only going to make it to one? That's pretty nuts. Mahomes has a chance. He gets it all. Because he got to soak it up from Andy, what it takes to be a great preparer. He got to, he's lucky enough to be on a team that has an elite skill guys around him. And a great general manager that as those guys age, to be able to accumulate more talent. Like part of what Belichick did for Brady over the years is like, they had a great defense when he first got there. Then they added sweet offensive guys in Randy Moss and Wes Welker. And then as time changed, they draft Gronkowski. They find Edelman, right? They get all these sweet offensive linemen. Their defense is good again. Belichick, the GM, who everyone's shitting on, might want to check his resume. Worked pretty well in New England when he had Tom. And I think Patrick Mahomes is pretty well situated in a place that is going to keep rolling around him, right? Is going to keep putting guys like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. like They have a chance like Chris Jones, Honey Badger. They're going to keep landing dudes. Why? Check out Veach's history. Check out Andy's history in Philadelphia. He lands guys. They understand talent. They are good evaluators. And Mahomes clearly has the physical attributes. So what is going to separate this guy and give himself a chance? Probably pretty difficult to be the greatest quarterback of all time, but I don't think it would be out of the realm possibility on the pace he's on. Is going to be his discipline and his willingness to never flinch in terms of his preparation, getting ready for the games, and his body. He's got a couple things going for him already, right? He's pretty mature in the sense that, he, I think 
I think he's engaged right now. Or maybe he's married. He has a baby on the way. So, like, he's not going to be, you know, he's 25, but he's single and he's got all this money. No, he's already got a home life. You know, he's already pretty focused. And I saw a great quote from Veach when they side Chad Henney. I think Peter King wrote it. The number one thing he wanted in his backup quarterback was to be married with kids. And he kind of said it tongue-in-cheek, but he was kind of serious. I, don't, I want my backup quarterback focused like an like a assistant coach. I want him locked and loaded. And what makes Brady and Breeze and just all the guys, uh, you know, in recent memory, that's how they thought. And Mahomes, for a young guy, listen, I wouldn't blame him if he was single or whatever. He just happened to have this girlfriend that came with him, and now they're engaged. Now they have a baby on the way. Like, they're going to have a home life. Now, statistics will say, who knows, they stay forever, stay together forever. But if they do, like, he's going to have a pretty mature surrounding life. I've seen it in my backyard with teams that I root for. I saw it with the San Francisco Giants for a long period of time. Buster Posey was married at like 23 years old. He was the team captain, best player for years with the Giants that won three, three World Series. He was not running around, screwing around. His life was pretty simple. Baseball and family. I see it with Steph Curry, who was married really young, has a big family, just like turned 30 or 31. Basketball and family. It's pretty clear with Mahomes, it's going to be just football and family. And when it is that, I'm not saying you don't get to screw around or have nights with the boys. That's not my point. But he actually is pretty situated to be focused, to be locked in. He already has those traits, and he's already starting off so fast. If he wins this Super Bowl, like, I wouldn't say he'll probably get to 10 Super Bowls and catch Tom Brady as the GOAT, but there is a path for you to end up there, right? There is a road. There is no road for Aaron Rodgers. There is no road for Russell Wilson. There is no road for any of these guys. They don't have the time on their side. They're too old. They're just too late. Patrick Mahomes is on the road. And then you factor in all the variables. To me, one of the variables would be, well, Andy's in his early 60s, like 62, 63. If he coaches seven years, right, there is a decent chance Mahomes has a coach in the second half of his career, right? But I'd say by then, he'll be so knowledgeable and have so much understanding that he can help the coach out. Like, is Bruce Arians... An all-time great coach? Of course not. Do I even view Bruce Arians, who I like and think is a good NFL coach, as like your typical Super Bowl-type coach? I don't. I feel Brady kind of carried them. But Brady had all this knowledge from Belichick. So whoever comes in, let's say Andy retires like 69-70, and he's won three or four Super Bowls, they hire Coach X. Mahomes has all the secret sauce. He's already super locked in. He can help that guy, right? Veach would still be there. He can keep picking players. I think they'll be pretty well situated. I'm not saying that anyone will ever pass Tom Brady. It will be very, very difficult. But the one guy that can and is kind of equipped would be the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. 
On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Bridgestone, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, let's give a little couple football thoughts on the game. Chiefs, minus three. Uh, obviously, a ton of fun props. You know, it is, you know, betting on the length of the of the national anthem. I put 50 bucks on Rob Gronkowski to score the first touchdown. I think I got it like 14 to one odds. I also dabbled a little bit on Devin White and Honey Badger. I could, you know, every once in a while, a defensive player has like a pick six, has 10 tackles, and uh, wins the MVP, so... Those are just some random bets I have. I'm not going to bet on the game uh, because I'm actually not that confident. I I, I, I think you you bet consistently against Tom Brady, it's a losing proposition. I would have bet against Tom Brady last week. I said it. I would have bet the house. I didn't, but I, I liked uh, the Packers to cover. I get nervous in some of these playoff games unless I like a big underdog, which I have several times in my life. I went all in in college on the New York Giants against the Patriots. Won a lot of cash. I went all in against the Denver Broncos, against the Carolina Panthers. Won a lot of cash. I don't feel that because I do think Tampa is very talented and they have the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm taking the Chiefs minus three, but it's not like a confident bet. I'm just betting on the best team in the league. That's just basically my bet. I'm betting on the best team in the league. This won 25 or 27 games and is the defending champion who has the best player in the league. I mean, him or Rodgers, right? Now you can say, well, they just beat Rodgers. I think a big, you know, some turnovers, whatever. And, and last year, Mahomes, like, they were down double digits in the fourth quarter to the 49ers. And then he hit Wasp, and the rest is history. But when I look at Tampa Bay, to me, here's the thing. Watching that 2018 game in the AFC Championship, I think technically it was January of 2019, 
is late in the fourth quarter, Tyreek Hill had one catch. Belichick's greatest attribute is taking away your best player. And to me, Tyreek Hill, the difference between Tyreek and Kelsey, and both those guys are elite. For the most part, Kelsey can't, like, have five catches for 180 yards. Right? If Kelsey gets 150 yards, he probably has, like, 12 or 13 catches. It's a slow-ass kicking. But you can take a slow-ass kicking because it keeps you in the game. Tyreek, if you're not careful, can have five catches for 190 yards and three touchdowns. So to me, if you can find a way, and Todd Bowles you know, is a great defensive coordinator, if they can take him out of the game or at least slow him down and keep his yardage, I'd say, 50 to 60 yards, especially like the first three quarters, they're going to be in the game. That's easier said than done. They have a lot of young defensive backs. But if they're able to do that, they have a chance. If they can't, zero. He just, he'll kick their ass. And when he's on, they win. I've watched a lot of Chief football. I'd imagine many people listening. When 10 is kicking your ass, it's over. Because then Mahomes just gets in a rhythm, and then Kelsey gets open more. Other guys get, it's, it's a wrap. If they can slow the guy down, I think they have a chance. Tampa Bay is sneaky. Like, listen, they got Mike Evans. They got Godwin. I think Antonio Brown's going to play in this game. Cameron Bright. Pat, Tom Brady threw 40 touchdowns. Passing game can be awesome. Bruce Arians has wet dreams about throwing bombs. Like, that's what they hang their hat on. But their running game, I, I'd say the just latter half of the season and in the playoffs, playoff Lenny looks good. Rojo is good. I've liked Ronald, uh, Ronald Jones since, college, since SC. They have a good running game. You know what the best part about a running game? When you're playing a team like Patrick Mahomes, you keep him off the field. I watched it last year with the 49ers. Run the ball, slow down the game, move the clock. It's very Belichickian. The crazy part about like the, the Buccaneers, they're not really built like a Belichick team. Like they have all these star players. I would do everything possible to play like some of the Patriot games. Dump it off, slow down the game, play defense, try to keep the thing in like the low 20s. Don't get into a shootout with these guys. That is not the way to win. And Tampa has... Tampa's not the little engine that could that added Brady. They have blue chip players. Mike Evans is a star. Godwin is going to get a ton of money this offseason. Antonio Brown before he went nuts, was like, you know, on a path right to the Hall of Fame. Devin White, star. JPP has played like a star this year. Vita Vea, one of the best 350-pound players in the league in the last, like, 20 years. Like, they have excellent players. So they can play talent-wise. This is not a mismatch. But when I look at the teams, like, the Chiefs have a clear identity. I, they know how to win. They've been doing it now for three straight years. Tampa Bay did not win until Tom showed up. Plain, simple, period, point blank, end of story. Now, their defense was good, and their offense could score points, but when you watch them, like, ton of penalties, little loosey-goosey, a little bit, that's Bruce Arians. There's, Bruce Arians is a little loosey-goosey. So, to me, can they just play a little more buttoned up? Now, that's probably asking a lot. But just talent, if they can play buttoned up, they can play with these guys. Because they do have the guys. You know, Tom can play buttoned up, but can the guys around him? Can the coaching staff? You'd say historically that's not really their deal. And to me, Kansas City is pretty simple. If their offense is dialed in, no matter how good Tampa's defense is, they're winning. If Mahomes has an A game, he wins. It's just that simple. When Mahomes is good, his team's going to win. He's the best player on this field. And think about that. The greatest quarterback ever to play in the game is playing in a Super Bowl, and he's not even the best player on the field. Patrick is. So if he plays well, the Chiefs are going to win, and probably pretty comfortably. 
big reason the Niners were in the lead, Mahomes was playing like shit last year. Mahomes was awful in that Super Bowl until he flipped a switch in the fourth quarter. And that's what great players do. But I'd say before that fourth quarter stretch where he threw a couple touchdowns, I bet if he was sitting right here with me, I'd say, what would you give your grade up till that wasp throw? I guess what he'd say, like C minus, D plus. It was not good. Now, a big part of that was the Niners defense, but he was off. He was just overthrowing guys. He was just not crisp. But if he plays well, the Chiefs are winning. Just period, point blank, end of story. Yeah, I mean, and I think we know the deal. If you can get a pass rush on Tom, unlike Patrick, like Patrick can move around. Tom can't. So if you can get him, and it's happened in the Super Bowl before, where you go up the gut and you get the, in, the interior pressure, it throws him off. And they gave Chris Jones all this money. He's one of the best inside pass rushers in the league. Uh, you just got to ride him. And if he has a big game, like Tampa's in trouble. To me, Tampa, Chiefs can win this game with like their B game. I, I, Tampa can't. So I, I think there's a lot more pressure on Tampa to play crisp. And the Niners did last year, and, and they still blew it because they couldn't do it for four quarters. Chiefs don't. The Chiefs, to me, that's where they have parallels to some of those Warriors teams. Once Kevin Durant showed up, they don't need to play their A game to win, to win championships, let alone games. Like, they, they could win a Super Bowl. I mean, if Tampa was off, the Chiefs could win a Super Bowl like with a B-minus game. Tampa's on, Chiefs probably got to be like B-plus, but they can win it with their B-plus. Their margin for error is just much better you know, wider. Their guys are just used to playing in these games. They're just, they have a bunch of champions on their team. And the Bucks don't. It's why I'm going with Kansas City, minus three, Andy Reid, Mahomes, back-to-back Super Bowl champions. Let's dive into Carson Wentz. And I'm going to look at this, I'm going to try to look at it very, very simplistically. Is that Carson Wentz, a quarterback is the most important asset a team can have in terms of their players, right? We all know that. And when you factor in Carson Wentz, how much the Eagles spent for that asset, right? They traded all these picks to get up to draft them. Then they doubled down and they paid them all this money. So they've used draft capital. They've used financial capital. They've invested a lot. They've taken this asset and they've just pumped resources. Whoop, 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 whoop. And the ROI was not great this year. And really, the last couple years, given that he was hurt, has not been ideal. But this year was a disaster. His play was awful. He's not getting along with people. He didn't get along with, you know, his coach. Just a problem. So I think they have to ask themselves two things. If I'm Howie Roseman, I'm Jeffrey Lurie. I don't know if I really, the new coach, how much he factors in, but he should. If you're running a high-level organization, he should have an opinion. Number one, and this is why you hired this guy potentially, can we fix him, right? We've invested all this money. Is it spilled milk? Is it over? Or can our new coach, can we get more talent around him? Can we fix this player? Is he a fixable player? Because he's our asset right now. Now, we could be open to getting rid of him for sure. That would be just, you'd be, you know, negligent, You'd be just dumb not to entertain everything. But we have him. He's on our team. He's under contract with the Philadelphia Eagles. Can we get him back to what he once was three or four years ago? Do we believe we can? That, to me, is the number one question you have to ask yourself. Not can we get his value back up, because if he gets his value back up, then he's valuable to us because he plays the position he plays. We want him on this team. If his value's up, that means he's good, that means we want him. Just that simple. Do we believe, if you just use it 1 to 10 scale, right? 
if Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, whatever, top quarterbacks are 10 out of 10. We've seen Mahomes have flashes of like 8 or 9. Right now, he's at like a 2. The problem is we're paying him like a 10. But his play, his locker room stuff, he's like a 2 or 3. Disaster. Can we just get him back to like a 7 or 8? Because if we can, then he's worth keeping. Only they truly know how they feel about that. And if they're entertaining calls, then I think there's a chance they already know the answer to one. They believe, whether they're right or wrong, and they would know this once they trade them, we don't believe we can fix them. So two, if I am going to entertain trading them, I have to ask myself this, is it over? Because if I can't fix them, do I believe someone else can? Because I don't want to deal them, like, that would just mean I don't want to deal with them anymore. Because if I'm going to trade them, I am basically acknowledging we don't believe we can fix them and we don't really like them around here anymore. Because if I do trade him to the Niners, to the Saints, you know, to the Colts, I have to come to grips with he might be good. He might go from that two or three back to a seven or eight. Hell, even a nine. I have to come to grips with once he leaves me, he might be good again. Am I cool with that? Am I cool with just drawing a line in the sand? Like, listen, you know when someone gets a divorce and you go, you go like, James or Bill, you're leaving her? She's so hot. She's got a great job. She got money. She's a great mom. My wife loves her. What, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm telling you, John, I can't stand her. You're like, well, I, listen, I, I, you're the one sleeping with her every night, right? You only truly you spend every night and spend every day around her. You know better. Because listen, she's going to go on the open market. She's going to find another husband. And he's going to look good on Instagram pictures. Probably marry a rich guy. You could look bad. You might not be able to rebound. You might not find a better wife than her. You might lose this transaction, at least on paper. Are you cool with that? And he might just go, I I can't do it anymore. I I have to get a divorce. Just like the Eagles might be saying, I, we can't do Carson Wentz. We are over Carson Wentz. But you have to acknowledge that when you trade him to the Colts, let's say the Saints get involved, the Niners, whoever, I'm just, I, I haven't seen teams interested. I'm just, these are pretty basic teams that would be interested. If he goes to these places, there's a chance he kicks ass and takes names. That would make you look bad. You have to just be, come to grips with that fact. Because I know, having lived in Philadelphia, it would get ugly. People would be pissed off. Especially if you can't, you know, if Jalen Hurts is just a guy, or you can't draft another guy. Because if you're willing to trade him, like if you get a divorce, she's single then. She can go date whoever she wants. You trade him, especially to a good coach, like Nick Sirianni, he ain't Kyle Shanahan or Sean Payton. Right? Those guys, if they got their hands on him, and, and maybe... It's over with Carson Wentz. Maybe he's just too entitled, too many bad habits. He's never going to be good. I, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I, I could justify trading for him if I was a GM. And there's part of me that, like, I wouldn't touch the guy. I'm out on Carson Wentz. I'm, like, on the fence. I don't, I don't really. I, I'd have to get way more information. From the information I have, probably be out on him. But, like, I'm a sucker for talent. And his ability, his physical attributes are elite. There's a reason I pay Sean Payton and Kyle Shanahan $10 plus million a year. Coach the guy up. Now, if he is such a locker room cancer, like he can't get along with his teammates, I'm out on that with a quarterback. I don't do that. 
we can do other positions, but not quarterback. I need my quarterback to be the galvanizing force in the locker room, especially when he makes all that money. And so to me, Carson Wentz, I would lean I'd be out on him so I'd understand what the Eagles doing it. But I would also be very, very nervous. I, I would like to send him to a bad team because <laughs> I would like it to be ugly. I would not want to put him in a situation, you know, to kick ass. But, like, as we see with quarterbacks, like, he could kind of dictate some of that stuff. What if he says, I refuse to show up? Or who knows? I mean, I, I would doubt that. I don't know how much leverage he has. But why would a bad team trade for him? Maybe they would just take a flyer on him. I, I don't know. But, so to me, you just have to, the Eagles have to come to grips with, can we fix him? And if you can't, are we cool with it just being over? Are we just done with this guy? You know when you hate someone or just can't stand someone so much that like the moment you see them, you're just, you get that feeling in your body. You're like, ugh. I think that's what McVay happened to Goff and McVay, with, from McVay, not necessarily Goff. If the Eagles are at that point, then I think you got to trade them because there was no fixing it. If I was Sirianni, I'd want a shot. I want a year with him. Because like, like I said, the, everyone was acting like the job was bad. Well, if you fix Wentz, they got a chance to have to actually have the job to be pretty good. If you can't, and you trade him, and then he's good, and Jalen looks terrible, you might have some problems. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built 
by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Okay, let's dive into Sean Watson. It's something I've been thinking a lot about, right? Because teams, and I think you could use the NBA as an example of this, two superstar players have been traded over the last 12 months. James Harden and Anthony Davis. What did both of those players have in common with the team they ended up on? Because they got traded for a ton of picks, both of them. A historic amount of picks. Both of them went to teams that were ready to win immediately. One had LeBron James, the other had Kevin Durant. It would have made zero sense for the Sacramento Kings to trade all their picks and all their good players for James Harden. Because they aren't good now, and with James, with nobody, they would have been bad then. So if you're going to trade for James Harden, or you're going to trade for Anthony Davis, you need a team around him. And in basketball, that means one other star player or two. There's a reason terrible teams don't usually trade for star players. It doesn't make any sense. So if I'm going to trade for Deshaun Watson, and I'm the Miami Dolphins, or I'm, or the Miami Dolphins, we'll get into the Miami Dolphins in a second, the New York Jets. The New York Jets have a terrible roster. Absolutely awful roster. So if I trade Sam Darnold and get like a second, I trade three ones and two twos for Deshaun Watson, my team is still terrible. It just has Deshaun Watson. Then all the assets that I would have had to get good, I no longer have. Now, obviously, it doesn't take as much as it would cost to get Deshaun Watson to get Khalil Mack, Jalen Ramsey, or uh, Jamal Adams. But think about that. Jamal Adams and Jalen Ramsey, the last two star players traded for two ones and a two. What do they both have in common? One went to Seattle and one went to the Rams. Both teams, rightful or wrong, view themselves as like a player away. And both teams are in the playoffs immediately with those guys. They were willing to mortgage the future because they were playoff ready. The Bears, a little bit bold, but they immediately made the playoffs with Khalil Mack because they had a really good team around him. And he was became their best player. But if I'm the Jets, it doesn't make any sense to mo- pay everything for Deshaun Watson. My team stinks. It would basically be the exact same situation as he was just in with the Houston Texans. Now, if I am, let's say, the Miami Dolphins, yes, I would be very interested. Because my team, in theory, is equipped to win right now. So could I trade three ones and two twos to get Deshaun Watson? Does that give me a chance to compete in the AFC? Yes, I think you could justify that. And I think it's easier than to pivot like, yeah, we missed on Tua, but no one would care if Deshaun Watson. That would probably be the one team that could, that could justify it. There's no way, like I would say the Colts 100% could too. One, I don't necessarily think Ballard would do it, but two, the Texans aren't trading him within the division. 
they're not going to trade the best player they've ever had, him or obviously DeAndre, to the Indianapolis Colts. No chance. Doesn't make any sense. The 49ers, for example, do have a lot of question marks. They have a ton of free agents. They have a ton of moving parts. The team that went to the Super Bowl is not going to be the team that they field in 2021. A ton of those starting players are going to be gone. So I think the problem for the Watson situation, even if, I know they're saying they're not going to trade him, but even if they are open to trading him, it's hard to know what the hell's going on. The agent, the team, I don't believe anybody. I just know it's a complete shit show and nothing will shock me. I think Easterby's a clown. I think Deshaun's agent constantly, you know, leaking stuff is not helping anything. I think that's clown activity. I think it's all clown activity. Deshaun, just stay quiet and just let the chaos happen and then figure it out. But they could trade him. They could keep him. I don't know. I'm open to anything. But teams are calling. Teams are going to be interested. They're not going to trade him to the Colts. The Dolphins should 100% be interested because they are a team that could like compete to win the Super Bowl next year if they got him. Now, they would have to nail some free agents because they need some help at wide receiver. And they wouldn't have any draft picks. The Jets don't make any sense. If I'm the Jets, like... Deshaun Watson, so I just have Deshaun Watson and nothing else and no picks? I'm So what am I, basically the Houston Texans? I, it just, I don't, that doesn't add up. It, it makes no sense to me. I'd rather just y- trade Darnold, draft a quarterback, use all my picks to get other players and try to build up a team. I'm, I'm, I'm a year away from being a year away from maybe being a year away. The Miami Dolphins go, we were a game away from the playoffs. To me, the 49ers, like, you know, we got some holes we got some major holes. Now, quarterback's number one, but if we trade all of our picks, how are we going to get good? We're actually closer to being up against the cap than, you know, a lot of these teams that just went six wins. So we got some problems. I don't think Deshaun fixed that. The Saints have no money. Now, they're equipped to do it. You could say they might make some sense, but they got some cap situation that they got to figure out. The Bears, you know, if I'm the owner and you're basically a one-year deal for my GM and my coach, like, I, do I really want to let them do that? Now, at the end of the day, I got Deshaun Watson on my team moving forward. Who cares? I think they could probably talk themselves into it. But any of these bad teams, like, no. It doesn't make any sense for the Jets. And I see this report, like, he'd wave his no-trade clause to the Jets. So he's just going to go from one bad franchise to another that has then no picks and no talent? What are we doing? So the thing with the NBA, when they trade for the equivalent of Deshaun Watson, it happens a lot in the NFL with position players. Who typically trades their first-round picks for players? The Bills, Stephon Diggs, AFC Championship game. Seattle, boom, wins the division. Jalen Ramsey, boom, Rams are good. Bears, Khalil Mack, boom, in the playoffs. They were like, they were close, or they were already a playoff team. Usually don't see, you know who just, uh, I'll just use a hypothetical here. Who would be a good player that could be on the on the move? Let's just say, like, uh, Julio Jones. You know who just traded for Julio Jones? The Carolina Panthers. You're like, what? Well, why? That doesn't make any sense. You know who just traded a first-round pick for Julio Jones? The Jets. We'd be like, what? That's kind of stupid. Right? That, that, doesn't, that doesn't quite add up to me. What if the Eagles traded like a first-round pick for a player? You'd be like, what? You're not a player away. Good teams do. Teams are drafted in the 20s. And if I'm trading Deshaun Watson, I don't want picks in the 20s. So I just, I just don't see the fit. It doesn't, it, to me, it doesn't, it's a very complicated situation. That's why I don't think we're going to get an answer anytime soon. 
Okay, mailbag time. At John Middlecoff is the uh, the Instagram handle. You guys know the drill. Slide up in those DMs. And if I don't answer your question on the show, sometimes I just answer it directly to you. So don't don't get mad if you don't hear a question. There's a lot of questions. I can't get to them all. Sometimes I'll just interact and we'll just start texting. So it'll be the same thing. Honestly, sometimes uh, I know you want to hear your answer on the show. I try to get to them all. It's just difficult sometimes. Got a lot of DMs, all men, all asking me football questions. Not many babes up in there. Longtime listener. First time in the mailbag from Jack. The whole narrative going around the Chiefs replacement left tackles Mike Remmers is going to have his lunch ate by JPP and Shaq Barrett. Combined with being on the losing end of Von Miller's Super Bowl MVP and JPP acting like he didn't know who he was in a press conference this week, how big is the chip on his shoulder going to be coming into Sunday? He's actually started most of the year at right tackle for Jeff, uh, not Jeff Schwartz, Mitchell Schwartz. I said Jeff because I was texting with Jeff earlier. You just said Schwartz, so I'm not, you got it right, Jack. And played pretty well. Love the pod. Go Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. Like, he's been the starting right tackle. To me, the bigger question is Eric Fisher being out, so you got a new left tackle. I don't think your right tackle is as big of an issue. And to me, there's not as much of a chip on your shoulder. When you're a backup, when you're a rotational backup, like the, the swing tackle, it's not about a chip on your shoulder. It's about going to execute and playing well. You know, Tom Brady has a chip on his shoulder because he got passed up and he's an elite player. To me, a chip on your shoulder when you are a backup and you get the opportunity to start. Like, I, I don't know if that's always the right mindset. I don't necessarily think he will. Like, JPP is a better player than him. Now, that doesn't mean, like, you're in the NFL. You can block anybody. Even if you're an average backup tackle, you don't give up a sack, like, every play. You still couldn't shut anyone out. So, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a chip. I think it's about going out there, playing well, playing within the offense, doing what you're told, uh, not getting Mahomes hit. To me, the chip is more, I don't know if that works with offensive linemen because it's more, I just don't think it's a position where you get to really play with the chip. Not, not a tackle. Maybe it's center or guard where you're kind of in the mud, in the muck every play. But a tackle, it's, it's weird. It's a very, very physical position, but it's also like you're kind of on an island. You're blocking these guys. It's raining. You got to be careful with your feet. You don't want to slip. It's it's actually a pretty cerebral position. Love the podcast. Listen while I work out. Question for you. I'm a huge Lion fan and unfortunately have been my entire life. Everyone has been trashing the Lions lately, but I'm actually pretty happy with the moves they made. I was hesitant about the head coach, but then hearing they brought in Aaron Glenn as the DC, Lynn, who is as long as he isn't calling timeouts, defense, decent offensive coordinator. They also got Deuce Staley from the Eagles. Their front office, they bring in a bright guy in Holmes, John Dorsey, to help him out. Agree, John Dorsey, nice little hire. Just listen to you down the trade on the Lions, to you down the trade on the Lions side, saying they took two late first-rounders over a first from the Panthers. You and I both know an extra pick this year isn't turning them around. I believe they are going to break the rest of the team down this year and get rid of all Bob Quinn contracts and start rebuilding. What are your thoughts on this? I would agree. They're going to get rid of everyone, and they're going to bottom out. So my point is on value. They took less value than the eighth pick. So if both those picks are 25, they did not get the same value. Now, you could turn the eighth pick into pick 21. The team could trade up for a quarterback. All of a sudden, you got 21 plus next year's first rounder. Like You can turn it into different stuff. You don't have to use the eighth pick. 
let's like I can buy a home. If I buy a home for a million dollars, but really that house is worth two million dollars, I never have to move into that home. I can sell it. And you say, John, someone has to be willing to trade for pick eight. Yeah, someone has to be willing to buy my home for that much money. But if I know that I can flip it, then I'm in pretty good shape. Now, it's risky. There's risk involved in anything. So I was just talking about the value. But I hear you. I understand they're going to try to suck this year. That's why they gave Motor City Dan a six-year contract. That's why I think they're cool with taking Jared Goff to just kind of take the bullets for them. So I hear you. Eventually, though, the Lions are going to have to draft good players. So all these picks, you see it with the Jets, you see it with the Jags, uh, you see it with the Dolphins. Like, you got to nail the right players. Look at the Dolphins. They missed. They took Tua instead of Herbert. That's wrong. So eventually, whatever pick you have, whether it's the fifth pick, whether it's the 20 pick, your pick's going to be up. And you're going to have to decide proceed, you know, on the best five guys on the board. You're either going to get it right or you're going to get it wrong. So eventually the Lions are just going to have to pick good players. And then Dan Campbell is going to have to be a good coach. Big fan of your, uh, of your golf picks. Who are you liking? Waste management this week. I actually, I bet way too much on golf. I probably minimum bet like 100 bucks. Sometimes I bet like three, $400 a week. And it, every once in a while you get it right and it, they pay great. Unlike football, where if I like bet the Chiefs to win, right? I bet 100. I actually have to bet 110 to win 100. In golf, if you pick a winner, now it's really hard. But I got a bunch of guys, Scotty Scheffler, Brendan Steele, J.B. Holmes, who's not good, Bubba Watson. Like Bubba Watson, I put $50 on at 40 to 1. If he wins, I get $2,000. Now, it's very you're ba- basically picking one guy against the field. I'm telling you, I believe this to my core as someone who's gambled since I went to Indian casinos when I was in high school, so 2001, 2002 to play blackjack. Started sports gambling in college. So I, I, a lot of people talk about gambling. They don't actually do it. Uh, I, I love to gamble. Now, I have to be careful because, you know, what you've been gambling a long time and you start making a little more money, like a $100 bet doesn't do that much for me. So like betting $100 on the Super Bowl sucks. Like I, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I, I bet $1,500 in the Super Bowl when I was in 2007 when I was in college. I'm not acting like I have a lot of money. I mean, I, that was all the money I had. But like, I, I like to get a little juice out of my bets. That's the great part about golf. I can sprinkle, I can put $200 in my account, sprinkle eight $25 bets, and if I do hit on one of them, they pay like $1,500, two grand, three grand, right? Now, it's very difficult to pick the guy. For the majors, it's a little easier because you can just pick a star. And like, I bet $100 on Dustin Johnson to win the Masters. One thousand $1,000. So that's, that's the fun part about golf. The highs you get over the potential wins. Where football, easier to bet, but you basically just win your money. And it's not like, what am I going to do, bet $1,000 on games? Like, I'm not a degenerate. But I'd say to really get my juices flowing, you know, a $100 bet's not doing much for me. So I got to get to like $500, and all of a sudden you start betting four or five games, you lose them all, you're out a couple grand. That's net income. You know, it's just like, damn. <laughs> it's, we all know. So I went Scotty Scheffler, Bubba Watson, Max Homa, Brendan Steele, J.B. Holmes. I think are my bets this week. I also dabbled, like I said, a little on Rob Gronkowski to first Super Bowl or first touchdown. But see, that that bet, I think it's 50 bucks, pay 700 I like huge returns. So it's the way I invest in the stock market. I would rather, if I have $10,000 and I'm going to invest in the stock market on one stock, I would much rather bet on a cheaper stock 
you know, which 30, under 30 bucks. Knowing that if that company, because I bet in things I believe in, can double, triple, it's easier for that thing to go to the moon. Where it's like Netflix is $500 right now or whatever, 550 Is that thing ever going to go to 1500 It might, but it's going to take a while. Where it's easier for me to find a stock at $6, like I have in some of my weed stocks, and that thing all of a sudden you look up, you know, a year later, it's at 40 or 50 Make your money go 5, 6, 7x. I like taking big swings. I'm not saying I'm not Warren Buffett here. It's not always the right approach. But every once in a while, like this last week, you peek in your brokerage account, you go, ooh, take big swings. Sometimes you hit a grand slam. Got a trade scenario for you. Niners trade for both Julio and Matt Ryan for Debo, Jimmy, this year's twos, or maybe next year's ones. That could make the Niners pretty scary on offense. Is that crazy? Would the Niners want Julio and Matt Ryan? Yes. Let's look at it from the Falcons' angle. Let's say they draft a quarterback, and they want to redshirt him. Jimmy gives them a bridge. Don't hate that. Debo, good young player. A little bit of a red flag gets hurt a lot. Hurt in college, hurt in the pros. Debo's a stud when healthy. Gets hurt a lot. So, But he got a little value. Okay. This year's two, you know, their two's relatively high. That's probably not enough for Matt Ryan. I, I would say this year's two and next year's one. That was probably what it would cost. So you get Matt Ryan, you get Julio. The The money also doesn't work, so this is like a kind of a fake trade. You, you might be onto something, but the problem, those two guys make a ton of money, and the Niners don't have much cap space. Jets fan, I assume you have NFL context. What do you think the Jets will do in the offseason? Whether it's keeping Darnold and trading down or drafting a quarterback and building around or even trading for Deshaun and speeding the rebuild. I know they've been a dumpster fire lately, but Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, Mike LaFleur make me really optimistic. I would agree, as you should be. What the move probably is, trade Sam Darnold, let's say for a second, draft a quarterback in the top three, take another sweet position player with your other first round pick, and use the second round picks and just start building. Just start building brick by brick. And just build that mother up with a young quarterback and get going from there. Or you can just use the third pick, trade it to another team, give Sam Darnold another year, use all these picks you get for maybe trading back five or six spots. You have multiple first round picks in the next couple years and just build the thing around Sam. You could try that out too. Sam might be good in Mike LaFleur's offense. The best part about the Jets, they got some options because the bar is so low. That's the thing with the Dolphins. Like, they're viewing the playoffs next year. So they, they, their margin for error on what they do with Tua and the pick is much higher because they're way better than you guys. Were you guys, like, if next year you went seven wins and, like, had all these good young players, I think you'd feel pretty good about it. I got the nobody cares work harder, and I Instagrammed it, and everyone keeps asking me, where'd you get that sweatshirt from? I don't know, this little place they call Amazon.com. Uh, they used to have this CEO named Jeff Bezos, then he just stepped down. They sell everything. So if, if I, I, my nobody cares work harder, I got it from Amazon for like 21 bucks. My question to you is in regard to the Texans and Deshaun. Say they come to the realization it's time to move on. All this is a proverbial list of preference for Watson is bullshit. Wouldn't you sh- uh, say short of Tepper or Gruden offering something ungodly like five firsts? It really simply comes down to, does Deshaun want to play for the Jets or not? Because that's the only package they'll entertain. With Miami coming in the ballpark of them in regard to trade compensation, 
but less likely because they today seem to be committed to Tua. Like I said, Gruden could, and there was a report out earlier this week, and I talked about it on my YouTube channel, John Middlecoff, just go. The guy that wrote that report, I've you just seen I've been following the Raiders and been associated with them now. I used to work on a radio station that had the Raiders, you know, five, six years ago in the Bay. And that guy that guy wrote that report because the Raiders are thinking it. He basically is the equivalent of working for the Raiders. Anything he writes is coming from the Raiders. So that report means the Raiders are thinking about trading for Deshaun Watson. So Gruden, I, I would take Gruden's four first rounders. Now, like I said, I would not do that deal if I'm the Raiders. Wouldn't I just use first-rounders on getting defensive help? My offense is good. Derek Carr played well. That, that doesn't make any sense. And Dave Tepper, like, you ain't a player away. Like, if they would have got Matt Stafford, I don't think the Panthers wouldn't have been any good. So I, the, the Jets don't make any sense. He's basically just going from the Texans to the Jets. He's basically just going from the number four media market to the number one media market. Same team. Awful. No picks. It doesn't make It, it, it doesn't add up. Uh, the Dolphins are the one team that I would entertain because they got picks and they could justify they're a player away. But the Raiders, that report, the Raiders are thinking about it because what he writes comes from the Raiders. He just writes what they think. So John Gruden, which doesn't shock us, right? I mean, John Gruden, of course he's thinking about doing this, even though it's kind of stupid. But I would just roll with Derek. Huge Cowboy fan. Should the Cowboys pull the trigger and sign Dak to a long-term contract? or uh, be concerned based on the outcome of the other contracts from his draft class, Goff and Wentz. How does this happen with those contracts affect other organizations' willingness to pay their quarterback? Or does it? That's a good question. I would say probably not. Because if you have a good quarterback, like Patrick Mahomes, you don't hesitate. I think Josh Allen is going to get a huge extension. But I think Josh Allen is a good example. Is Josh Mahomes, we just know now, is a star. He's elite. Is Josh Allen going to be elite every year, or is it just a one-year thing? Is he going to be that good next year? I don't know. It's a hell of a question. I don't think any of us know, right? It's a million-dollar question. Like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, you know those guys are stars. Goff and Wentz, we thought were, and they've been a disaster. One guy got benched, the other guy got traded, the other guy might get traded too. I'd say Dak Prescott is a more consistent human being than Carson Wentz. People love him, right? More talented than Jared Goff. He's a better athlete. But like those guys, Carson just became a bad player. Goff's limited talent-wise. Dak is never going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's never going to be Russell Wilson. He's never going to be Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't have Josh Allen's talent. So you're basically paying to get him to sign a long-term extension. It would cost, you know, 130, let's even just say on the cheap side, $115 million. You're paying a premium for a guy that's a B. And Dak's good. Like if the team was good, you can win with Dak. But once he starts making 35 to 30 to 35 million or whatever and all that guaranteed money, you're you're tough. Like, how do you add other players? I'm in a tough spot on Dak, me personally, because I'm a fan of his game, but I think he's more like a $23 million quarterback. Part of what makes Derek Carr so valuable, he makes 20 million. If Jimmy Garoppolo had just played like he did in 2019, again in 2020, he'd be like one of the best deals in sports. Problem is he gets hurt. When you make $20 million and you're like a top 12 quarterback, you're in great shape. When you're like the ninth quarterback and you make $33 million, we got problems. Aaron Rodgers makes $35 million. He's elite. Same with Russell Wilson. Elite. Same with Mahomes. Elite. Hell, I, Brady was one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year made 25 How much you make really, especially with the cap 
You know, reports are, I've been saying it the whole time, it was never going to be $175 million. Reports are it's going to be between 185 and 195 But if I pay a guy $35 million, you do the math. That's what, like 18%? Well, if you're 18% of my cap and you're an elite player, no issue. If you're just kind of average, the other thing with Dak is he is coming off a major injury. So is he going to be healthy right off the bat? Is it going to take him eight games to get going? Like, there is some risk involved with just his health. Now, the Cowboys know because of the doctors and stuff, but still. Been listening to the show for close to a year now. Appreciate it. Big Saints fan. Do you think they go after someone other than Jameis or Taysom? Do you think they need to? Well, if Derek Carr is available, they should be all over Derek Carr. If Carson Wentz is available, they should be all over Carson Wentz. If, to me... Matt, they, the Saints or the Falcons would never trade them. Matt Ryan, <clears throat> Kirk Cousins, I would just rather have Jameis. But I think Derek Carr and I think that uh, and Carson Wentz, they should be sniffing around. That that they should be sniffing around. I do think if you just rolled back with Jameis and Taysom, you could make the playoffs though. And I think if Jameis is smart, he just signs like a one-year deal, you know, maybe like ten to fifteen million dollars once Drew Brees retires, and just tries to resurrect his value if they're not able to get one of those guys. So, you, you know, a one-year starter deal, $15 million, $10 million, whatever. If you have a good year and they're good and you lead them to the playoffs, maybe you win a playoff game, all of a sudden, Sean's going to want you. Then you're worth $25, 30000000 million. But you got to prove it. And I think Jameis is in a good spot that he goes, these guys believe in me, the team's good, I can prove it here. That, to me, is a fallback plan. But you got to know before free agency because there are other teams that are so desperate for quarterbacks that Washington, Chicago, who knows? Like, I do think people are going to want Jameis, which is crazy to say. Uh, big fan of the pods. NFC West seems to land a lot of high-profile guys through trades. Hopkins, Ramsey's, Adams, now Stafford, none of which went to the Niners. Got me thinking. How funny would it be if Seattle traded Russ for Watson straight up? Niners fans would go nuts. Then I really started thinking about it. Would that be a sweet deal for both teams? Seattle gets an MVP caliber quarterback who's younger and under contract that might be the only way Houston can unload Watson and save face. Watson gets out, gets to play with DK and Lockett under a player's coach like Carroll. Only snag would be Russ had a no-trade clause. I don't know if he has a no-trade clause or not, But here's what I do know. If I was Russell Wilson, if I was Russell Wilson's agent, if I was Russell Wilson's friend, if I was anyone associated with Russell Wilson, the moment I got wind of that trade, I would say, no fucking way. I refuse to play for the Houston Texans. And I think a lot of people would support Russell Wilson. They'd be like, wait, you're trading him to the Texans? After he, let's face it, now LLB, Sherman, Earl, those guys were a big part of it too. But Russell has helped shape the relevancy of a franchise in Seattle. He has made them box office and sustain their run. You can't trade him the Texans. To me, just look at what the Lions did. If you were going to trade them, which they're not, you have to work with them. Under no circumstances could Seattle trade him the Texans and get away with it. Because I think he'd refuse to show up. And he'd, honestly, I'd support him on that. That would be bullshit. Now, I'm with you. Like That'd be a pretty sweet move for Seattle, like, extend their window, get a younger quarterback. You're right, Houston would save face. Why would Russell Wilson want to go work with Dave Cully 
and Nick Casario. I just, I just don't see it. Do you think Zach Taylor is a quality NFL coach? Being a Bengals fan, it's been incredibly frustrating to see us lose those one-score games consistently. If he has another losing season, do you think he'll get another shot in 2022? Yeah, that's a hell of a question. You know, I'd be lying if I said I watched that much Bengal football. Their roster stinks. They don't have many good players. But whenever I followed Pac-Man Jones on Instagram after games, and he's he's pretty funny. (laughs) Like, he goes on these just rants on these stories and Instagrams, talking an unbelievable amount of shit about the Bengals, but about Zach Taylor and the coaching staff. And I think he's probably right. But let's say instead of winning two or three games, would they have won six or seven with a good coach? Maybe. Is Zach Taylor a really good coach? Probably not. If I wanted to defend Zach Taylor, I'd be like, his team's terrible. His offensive line is atrocious. His defensive talent's not very good. His wide receiver, A.J. Green, got hurt last year. This year, I mean, they don't have that much to work with. Now, Joe Mixon's good. T. Higgins is pretty good. Burrow was really good until he got hurt. I would say I would lean. History would show us Zach Taylor's probably just a guy. Here's your problem, though. And I listen, I'm not trying to talk shit about your franchise, but I think even you'll acknowledge this. People are not going to want to go to the Bengals. They don't pay that much. They're just, like, when they hit a home run on Marvin Lewis, like, they kind of got lucky. Look who, you know, they, they don't typically get Marvin Lewis's. That franchise most of my life has been pretty embarrassing. They're more likely to get Zach Taylor's and Freddie Kitchens and those types than Marvin Lewis. So is it possible to win there? Maybe not, right? It takes a pretty special guy. They landed Carson Palmer. The best thing you have going for you is Joe Burrow. That guy looks like he's got, worst case, he's like Tony Romo. Problem is he got a major injury. Now, you probably see more of him than I do, but whenever I see him on these Zooms and doing these interviews, seems like he's in great spirits. So he doesn't seem like a guy that's worried about like not being able to come back, which is good. If Joe Burrow is great this year, even if that leads to Zach Taylor getting fired, maybe I'm going to change my own point. Maybe that job is a lot more enticing. But is Mike Brown going to pay $8, 9000000 million to get a top offensive coach? Because if I was a good offensive coach, maybe Eric Bieniemy in a year goes to coach Joe Burrow there. Because if Joe Burrow's good, the job's good. right? The job Once Carson Palmer, who never texts me back, by the way, uh, but in fairness, I hadn't texted him forever. And like I, I text him asking for something. Probably my bad. Uh, busy week, too. But if Joe Burrow's good, the job's not terrible. But yeah, is he a good coach? I would lean no. But I, I'm also not watching every snap. But their team is pretty undisciplined and not very good. Big fan of the pod. Been listening. Uh, I'm a lifelong Seattle Seahawks fan. And it seems to me that they're wasting Russell Wilson's career. Trading two picks for a DB who can't cover enforcing an antiquated run first offense on him has brought the ceiling to the team down in my eyes. What do you think they can do to get back to legitimate contenders? I'm pretty sure they just hired multiple coaches, but their offensive coordinator from the Rams. I think you guys look at a run first scheme as a bad thing. Like ideally you got Mahomes and you can just chuck it around the yard. To me, there is a, like back to back NFC West teams went to the Super Bowl, right? The Rams and then the Niners. Do you know what both teams were? Run-first schemes. Now, their running games were both... The Niners were the number one rushing team, I think, in the league in 19. There is nothing wrong with running the ball. You can't just throw go routes to DK every play. Or throw those like crossing routes you know, to lock it to get them wide open on the play action. Nothing wrong with running the ball. I think Pete Carroll 
has a hard on because, and in fairness, like he has seen the Rams and the 49ers the last couple years. Really, the Rams have been good for four years. The Niners have been competitive now with him for a couple years. The Niners actually beat him the year they got Nick Bosa in December. Like he, I think he sees that running scheme, and that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants. The Shanahan run game. And I don't mean I mean Mike. That what, what the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers, what they did with Jared Goff, what they did with Jimmy Garoppolo, what they did with Ryan Tannehill. And it takes pressure off. You know when you do that? Aaron Rodgers was in a run-based scheme this year. He threw 48 touchdowns. You can meld the two together. I actually think Russell, if they embrace this scheme, the Shanahan offense, honestly, we might look up in two years and every single person is running this offense. Uh, I, I don't hate it. I think they could be... I don't know anything about this coach. I have to, I'd have to Google his name. But the Rams guys, that pretty clear what they're going to implement. That, that could be pretty nasty with Russell. And you guys have already... You guys always kind of did some of that zone running scheme, especially with Tom Cable. I think you guys make too big of a... Like, you guys are having success with Russell. Like, it's working. You guys win every year. You go to the playoffs every year. It works. You won a playoff last year. Obviously, you got beat this year, but you hosted a playoff game. Like, your your franchise is very successful. Unless your name's Brady or Mahomes, like, you don't really go to the Super Bowl. Any chance you could do a take on Reed's win at Farmers Insurance? Interested to hear what you make of the whole embedded ball thing. Thanks, man. Keep it up. I texted with a player on the PGA Tour, and he thought Patrick Reed didn't break any rules. He said, I would have done this. He, he played in the tournament. He said he did the same thing. The rule in golf, if your ball is embedded, means like, obviously, if it's soggy and breaks ground, you can drop it. Now, if me and you are just playing for 20 bucks. We never do that. We just hit it. But on the PGA Tour, they use a tee, they mark it, and they check. Now, he gets a bad rap because no one believes him and everyone thinks he's a cheater. But the tour player told me, who literally was at Torrey Pines and said the place was wet and soggy and everyone was doing it, I would have done the same thing. Now, because it's Patrick Reed, everyone thinks he's a cheater. Something went viral this week because of the Phoenix Open. Tiger Woods' first year on PGA Tour in 1997 there was a big rock, and he hit the rock, and he was right behind it. He got the crowd, and they all moved the rock because it was like a, it was like a non. There's a specific term for it, like it, it was a removable object. You could move it. If Patrick Reed had done the same thing, people would claim he was like uh, Bernie Madoff. So listen, did he, does he push the envelope? Yes. Do did he cheat there? It felt a little crazy. He did ask his playing partners. I think the hard part with golf, unlike football, is like in football, for example, I'm just playing the other team. So anything that is my benefit impacts just me versus that team. In golf, whenever I push the envelope, it, and Patrick Reed was in the lead, it doesn't just influence the guy I'm playing with. It influences the entire uh, field. You are playing the field. That's why betting on golf, like I said, is so hard. You bet on one guy, even like a heavy favorite, like Dustin Johnson in the Masters. He's still got to beat 162 guys or 150, whatever the amount of people they let into the field. In football, it's just me versus the other guy. So his playing partners might have been cool with it, but all these other guys that weren't playing with him might not be. Where in football, like, if you get a bad pass interference on you, right, in a game, the if, if I'm Seattle and I get a bad PI call and I'm playing the Browns, the Niners don't give a shit that week, right? The Rams don't care. The Eagles aren't even paying attention. We're in golf. Everyone's paying attention. 
It's what makes the sport kind of unique. Did he push the envelope a little? Yeah. He did ask his playing partners. They said cool. He marked it. <clears throat> he picked it up fast. little sketchy. But as I was told from someone that was there, really wet. And it was happening all over the place. Have a question for you. You said the first round picks that the Lions got are less valuable than the first round picks from this year. But if you're the Lions and you're going to tank for a couple years, maybe they prefer to have future assets so they can build a good team. And then with those future assets, they can get a cheap young quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I've come to grips and I've admitted that for sure. My point more is that if the Rams are really good and good question, Antonio, I think it's fair to say that the Rams are easily one of the favorites. And maybe I'm higher on Stafford than some of you guys listening and some of the people in the league that are the favor- one of the favorites, the Green Bay, Tampa, right? Depending on who the Saints get at quarterback in the NFC. And let's say they're in the NFC Championship game. So if they're in the NFC Championship game, even if they lose it, their pick's 29 or 30. So you traded Matt Stafford, and next year you get picked 29. <clears throat> then let's say next year they get beat in the first round. So you get picked 21 and 29 for Matt Stafford. And you get Jared Goff, who's just not that good. That's where I struggle with. So yeah, you're trying to suck, but then those picks aren't really that great. Like Jamal Adams, Jalen Ramsey net probably better picks than those. But those guys are position players, whatever. I'm trading a quarterback to a team that was so desperate for their quarterback and desperate to get rid of Jared Goff. That's where, you know... And and here, listen. I can have a take, you can have a take at whatever the time of the trade is. And, and that's going to be natural, right? A transaction happens. It, it doesn't even need to be a trade. I sell you a desk, a, a house, a car, whatever. The day I trade it, one of us is probably thinking, God, I, I got that for uh, I, I got that for cheap. Or God, I just swindled that dude. Well, what if then a year later or two years later, that house you sold me for five hundred grand that you thought was a dump, I flip for one point two. Market goes up, make some improvements. I actually won. What if in a couple years we look back, they draft a sweet quarterback because they sucked. They use some of those picks to either trade up or trade down and land a bunch of sweet players. And the Rams don't win. That's always possible. Like, we don't know the end result, right? That, that to me, like, we're, we have our opinions. But a huge, the only way humanly possible to judge a trade is what does the player do that you trade for actually do, right? Jalen Ramsey stays elite, and he's awesome. He helps the Rams win. Well, what do the Jags then use those picks on? Well, in a couple years, we'll be like, well, they drafted the defensive end from LSU, and this year they used it on Jalen Waddell. And in three years, those guys have both made Pro Bowls. Fucking win for the Jags. And Jalen Ramsey was all pro for the Rams all those years. Win, it was a win-win, Right? But you look at the Raiders, you go, you traded Khalil Mack. He helped the Bears make the playoffs. Then you got all these picks, and your team continued to suck on defense. You never made the playoffs. So, if, you know, it's definitely not a win-win. It's not a lose-lose because the Bears got a good player. If anything, it's a slight win for the Bears, loss for the Raiders. But it took time for us to see who they drafted, what the results of the team are, how that player does, how the team does. You know, and in fairness, and listen, I talk for a living, and I got to react to the trade, and just like as fans, we all, re- we all react. That's Basically, that's all I am right now. Fan of the league that gives his opinion. But until we see the evidence, you don't know, right? I, we'll see, right? T- time will tell, because historically, the, the Lions, like, are they going to draft good players? 
Because if they don't, no matter what they would have gotten, it's a loss. If they draft three Pro Bowl players and get a star quarterback and Dan Campbell's good, that trade was a, a heist for them. Same with the Jets, getting rid of Jamal for two ones and a two. Everyone's like, oh, Joe Douglas. And I like Joe Douglas. Never met him. Emailed him once. Tried to have him on the show. And then Adam Gase thing got weird. And he, you know, hopefully I can get him on again. But not again because he's never come on. But just once. If Joe Douglas doesn't hit on either one of those first round picks that he got for Jamal Adams, it's a disaster. Because Jamal is good for Seattle. If he gets a pro bowler and a sweet starter out of those two first rounders, at worst it's like, okay, it's, it's, a, it's a wash. He better hit on those. There is pressure to hit on those picks. Because Jamal is good, right? It worked. He's the best player for Seattle on defense when healthy. But, like, is he going to stay healthy? I don't know. Is he, like, he, can he not cover? Is he just going to be terrible at coverage? Maybe forever. Probably. Like, you usually don't get better at covering people as you get older in the NFL, you know? So it's just, we do, you know, if I, I want to be like old school journalists, like, time needs to play out. Have a good week. Super Bowl Sunday. Godspeed. Chiefs minus three. Adios. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.